Welcome back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Block. East Strick here and Austin Orman. Joining us on the Honda Lincoln Hotline is going to be Andrew Alex, our friend, 247 Sports. Longtime contributor with On the Block and all the blockheads. Andrew, is it a time that the NCAA tournament and also conference tournaments are starting to approach? We're going to dig into that a little bit. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing great, Chick. I always, I always am when I'm on this show with you. Uh, always a pleasure to be speaking to the people of the great state of Nebraska. They're living a good life. Well, first, before we get into that, man, uh, I want to get your take, man, on, you know, because they, they came out to the East Coast. The Huskers came out, not an expectation that they were going to do well or fare well out there uh, in Piscataway against the, uh, the, 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 the against Rutgers. But they went out there, man, they fought, they scrapped, and they ended up getting a big win on the road out there, um, a, a win that, you know, can help them on the way as they finish and close out uh, the rest of the uh, uh, the season. And when you look at the schedules in the Big Ten, could possibly put them in postseason play, not necessarily the NCAA, but with their uh, with their RPIs and their and their strength of schedules and, and some of the wins that they have now in the in different quads. Uh, can put them in a possible possible uh, range for an NIT. But what's your thought on the game? Did you get a chance to see it? Uh, yeah, sure. I saw some of the game. I mean, a little known yeah. fact, and I guess that uh, I, I probably haven't mentioned it on this show before, but uh, I actually am from New Jersey originally, so I got a soft spot uh, in my heart for, for Rutgers, and they've, they've had a decent year. I mean, Rutgers is an NCAA tournament team. It's probably got a little bit of work to do. Uh, but, you know, Steve Pickle's team, uh, despite the fact that they've lost three in a row, I, I think it's still a decent club. Uh, so, yeah, kind of a uh, kind of a, a tough L for, uh, for Rutgers to take. That's like, a, you know, a team that's probably somewhere between a six and a nine seed in the NCAA tournament when it's all said and done for Nebraska. It's a building block, you know. Uh, I'll tell you this, right? And, you know, people might poo-poo the NIT, like, whatever. When I first was a student at Virginia Tech, uh, they were coming off of a season where they finished two and fourteen in the ACC. My freshman year, they brought in a coach named Buzz Williams. Buzz Williams, first season, like two wins again in the ACC. But you saw the recruiting class that was in there. It was mostly freshmen that were contributing. Then you move into year two. Team starts off very cold in non-conference play. Then suddenly. Right around this time, late January, early February, they're picking up steam. And they're knocking off teams that, uh, you know, you wouldn't have expected them to during that period of time when they've been struggling. Earn themselves in an IT bid. I remember being in Castle Coliseum in an overtime win against, like, it was Princeton or something, right? Doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, but there was a feeling that night at that game. Okay. We're building towards something. There is momentum here. And if you're Nebraska, you're waiting for that moment. Because you know what happened after that moment Virginia Tech? The following year, they made the NCAA tournament. That was 2016. They haven't missed it since. <laughs> right. They were right. lucky enough. <laughs> right. And so so when you when you think about it, right, when you look at it as whole – 
um, you know, with all the adversity and all the situations that they've had to endure, man, you just gotta, you just gotta tip your hat to them and say, well, jo- well, job well done, not only for this, for the uh, players, but for the staff. Uh, so, so man, g- uh, great stuff. Let's, let's move over. It's still a little bit early. Uh, black bracketology is starting to ramp up. Obviously there's still conference tournament plays. Some things can still shift and change. There's still, uh, about you know four to five games left in in some of them, but right now as it looks, uh, would you say that Alabama will remain the top overall seed? And uh, and 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 who at this point uh, do you think could overtake them if it, it, when it comes to being the top overall seed? If it comes down to it, yeah, sure. I mean that's a really good question. Uh, I mean as it stands right now, is Alabama the number one seed? Yeah. I'm, if the tournament started today, they would be the number one seed. Though I do not uh, necessarily believe that Alabama is, uh, you know, the, the best team in the nation. And I point to, uh, you know, a couple losses. I mean, they lost uh, by nearly double digits at Tennessee. Uh, you look back a few weeks ago where they lost by nearly 30 points to an Oklahoma team that currently has a losing record. They yeah. were 12 and 9 at the time. They beat Alabama. And they picked up one win in the five games. The SEC on the basketball front this year, Strick, is just, uh, it's notably weak. It's notably mm-hmm. weak. And when Alabama has gone outside of conference, the one thing they could really hang their hat on is that win over Houston. But they've mm-hmm. been moderately inconsistent outside of that. So I, I think that the tournament selection committee is going to take into account the fact that Alabama is playing in an SEC where, you know, it's not necessarily the, the highest level of competition in all of, you know, power of college basketball, but, you know, at the same, you know, the same token, they're not going to be challenged that much. They do right. finish up their season with Auburn and then Texas A&M. Those teams are, uh, you know, number two and number four uh, in the conference, respectively. Uh, I think that if one of those teams knocks them off and then suddenly, you know, we're looking at maybe they don't win the SEC tournament, either of those things could happen. I think Houston could make a very compelling argument to be the number one seed, even though they have a loss to Alabama. I think that Purdue is still a strong position where if they finish the season strong and win a, you know, a big 10 that is top down, a better conference, uh, you know, they could make an argument. And, and, and don't think on Kansas. Don't sleep on Kansas. Nathan Brennan's new uh, adopted program. You look at them right now. I mean, they're number five. They're a 21-5 and five team. Down the stretch, I mean, it starts in a couple of days, uh, Saturday afternoon. They have a big-time matchup with Baylor. And they're going to go on the road to TCU on Monday. They're going to finish the season at number six, Texas, before ultimately having to go and play in the NCAA tournament trick. You walk away from that. Say, let's give them a little leeway. They lose one game. But you yeah. win the rest of them and you win the conference tournament? I don't know. I, I think that you could make a pretty compelling argument at that point that uh, the defending champions uh, could go into this thing as the favorite, uh, you know, despite maybe having a loss or two less than Alabama. Well, tell me this then. Um, at this point, it's still a little too early. But who would be your first four out? Who my first four out? It is uh, that is a tough question, Trick, because it definitely is 
a little bit early. But I mean, there's a number of teams that are definitely well. Just just give it to me by the way that you've been seeing teams play, like. You know, Austin, by the I mean, not Austin, but um, Andrew, double A, by the way that teams have been playing as of late, that based on their the way that they've been playing, probably could find themselves on the outside looking in. Okay, okay. I, I like the way you put it there. Uh, well, you know, first and foremost, I'm going to point to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, it's just, you know, the yeah. loss at Nebraska. And again, I mean, it's uh, good for Nebraska, not so good for Wisconsin. Uh, you know, a challenging slate ahead of them. They have to play Rutgers uh, in a couple of days here, uh, and they still have to play Purdue. You have a losing record in conference right now. You already have 10 losses overall. Where's the signature win? I'm having a hard time finding it. They would have made lives, their lives a lot easier if they had been able to knock out Kansas early in the season. But the last time was the game that they lost. Uh, by one point. <laughs> so right now, if I'm a Wisconsin fan, I'm kind of sweating. Uh, North Carolina, I mean, that was a team that came out. Yeah, with North Carolina, like you lose an emotional game against Duke. And then you come out and Wake Forest just beats the brakes off of them in the first half. Right? Yeah. Beats the brakes off of them in the first half. They think Davis got the guys to pull a little pulled together a little bit in the second half. Ultimately, they still come up short. That's a loss. Then they come out this past weekend and just kick Clemson in the absolute teeth. Another bubble team who I worry about, uh, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm a fan of theirs, their chances of getting in. They're, we're on a little bit of a slide before blowing out Florida State. You get that momentum, and then you come back and you lose at home against Miami. Now you got to go on the road against NC State. Now you got to go on, uh, you got to play a very good UVA team at home for ultimately finishing the season against Duke. Uh, though that's a home game, you know, these Duke North Carolina matchups, they're an event. They can go either way, right? So I see three uh, more potential losses on the schedule for a North Carolina team who already sitting with 10 losses in a uh, ACC that's not incredibly strong. Uh, I, I just don't love their chances uh, of getting in this thing. And I, uh, you know, I can point to Clemson as well, uh, who has to go on the road to NC State, on the road to UVA, uh, coming off a three-game skid, losses to Boston College, Miami, North Carolina. I, I just don't know about them either. So the problem with these ACC teams, Rick, and I watch ACC basketball on a, you know, a near nightly basis, as many nights as they actually go out and play these games. So many of these teams have the tools where you could put them out there Every single night against maybe not the best of the best. I mean, obviously some of the top ten teams are going to do what they do. I'm not going to say that Clemson could beat Purdue, but you know the mid range, the ten through thirty teams. Even Clemson against Clemson has it any given night they could win, but they can't string it together in anything that resembles consistency. And for me, as a fan of the conference, someone who grew up as a huge Duke fan because my dad was an alma mater, was an alma mater, and then. You know, eventually attended and now I'm an alumni of Virginia Tech. My entire life has been watching this conference, and it's much more fun in ACC basketball. But number one, your blue bloods are thriving, your Duke, your North Carolina, and then you can even extend that out to Syracuse, Louisville, and of course the University of Virginia. You know, good basketball is fun. And uh, so, number one, our top teams aren't performing to the extent that we would like them to, and then our mid tier teams. Though they have talent, have just been so inconsistent. And 
you know, I think it's a, it's a tough year for the ACC. But again, we said that last year. Everyone was breaking the downfall of the ACC last year, and then what happened? You had three teams in the Elite Eight, <laughs> two teams in the Final Four. Andrews, so, we... Go ahead. Yeah, so as we look at the ACC, and you mentioned Pitt, Clemson, NC State up there at the top of the conference, and Louisville all the way down at the bottom, which is more likely next year, that, that Pitt and, and NC State are this good or that Louisville's this bad? Well, Austin, I don't know if Louisville could realistically become any worse than they are. Like, <laughs> right. it's, it's something that really, uh, to me, is just incredible. Like, you know, I'm not a, a advocate of, you know, firing coaches after one year at the collegiate level. First of all, I think it's a, a massive waste of money uh, to do so. And you obviously got to give them a shot. But, God, you got to feel for Kenny Payne right now. Obviously, injuries and transfer portal exits uh, playing a, a role in this. But in I, I, as I point to my just a second ago, I talked about how I spent my entire life watching college basketball. I, I just haven't seen a team get uh, really the brakes beaten off of them week in and week out, uh, game in and game out, like I've seen Louisville. And you, and you give the kids credit for trying. I can say the same about Florida State early in the season. But uh, so I'm going to say that it, what's more likely, Louisville improves or Pitt remains a top dog. Probably Louisville improves just because improvement is, uh, you know, there, there, there's so much room for it <laughs> at this point. For a basketball program that should not be bad, that should not be bad. It's a historic program. Uh, you know, I hope for the sake of the conference that they can turn it around once again. You know, we, we brought them on to play this sport with us and, uh, <laughs> and be a national contender like they were you know, back in the Big East days. And right now, I, I few few Division One teams could go into a game against Louisville not feeling good about their chances. I'll tell you that. For sure. Andrew, we'll, we'll let you go with this one. Strick and I were talking about this yesterday. I landed on the number five. I think Strick landed on six. How many college basketball blue bloods are there? Whew, okay, well, let's just say them, right? Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. No UCLA. UCLA. I guess if you want to go back in history, uh, and Indiana maybe, but Indiana hasn't been. I mean, they're good right now, but they. I I, I don't know. I mean, I land on the top on those first four, and and then UCLA. So give me five. Four, maybe five. That, that's kind of where we ended the discussion as well. And hey, you, you followed it. You're you're on the same page as us, so now we feel like we're smarter for having the same answers. You, Andrew. Thanks for the time as always. We'll uh, hope to catch up with you again here soon. Yeah, guys. Thanks as always for uh, bringing me on. Uh, you know, always a pleasure uh, to talk with you guys and the, the people of the great state of Nebraska. Looking forward to next week. Absolutely. There again, Andrew. Alex. We'll step aside for just a moment. When we return, we've got the crossover with the old school crew. Not sure what we'll bring up to them. We'll think of something. It'll be entertaining. You won't want to miss it. We'll get to it after this.